Hi, and welcome to the CAFMA Connect. I'm your host, Fire Chief Scott Freitag. Back with me today, our favorite person, <laughs> assist and birthday boy, Assistant Chief John Fedman. Yes, thank you. Yeah, round of applause. Yeah. We should we should sing happy birthday. I mean, we're no, recording shouldn't. the day after your birthday, but that's all right. Did you have a good birthday? It was terrific. Uh, so, at your age, do you get the AARP cards, or does that not start until you're my age? Not quite yet. I think you're not yet. Yeah, yeah. I'm about ten years older. <laughs> they as soon as I hit fifty, they started sending me that stuff. And nice. AARP and me, we don't see eye to eye on political things, sure. so I just kind of tear their stuff up, throw it away. There you go. That's Perfect. that's my feeling. So um, we have some stuff to talk about this week, but I wanted to hit um, something that is completely irrelevant first. Perfect. I'm glad I'm here today. I know. That's the tens of viewers. Yes. <laughs> Nobody's going to well, watch us anyways. Yep. Um, no. So I it, it was interesting. Uh, Jim was out of town. I had to pick her up from the shuttle. And I had heard a lot of things about, a lot of good things about the movie Top Gun, the new one. And so I thought, you know what? I'm going to go to the movie because that, that'll get out right before I have to pick Jen up. And she saw it over the weekend. And what was interesting, why I'm talking about this is because the, the two years of pandemic time, um, really, we, we've talked about how it's changed people. Sure. And so I'm driving to the movie and I'm thinking, do I really want to go to a movie? I mean, <laughs> I don't understand the concept. So you want me to sit in here and just look at the screen and not do anything else for two hours and just pay attention. And it it's amazing how you reprogram over that two-year period where I just got used to, I'm just always multitasking. I'm like, <laughs> but what if somebody calls me on my phone and I need to take it? Or I get a text about work or whatever. I have to just sit here. And I was very uncomfortable with that. Um, but I went and then I didn't understand the kiosk thing um, because that's changed. And you had to pick a seat. I don't get that. Uh, but like then that. you you like picking the seat. <laughs> I, I don't know. I looked at that. And then I picked the seat and didn't understand that I was looking at the theater upside down. Oh, no. So I wasn't where I wanted to be. Because I'm like, I don't understand the concept. It says, it shows like screen. Like. You, you says scream. Oh, does Jonah, it? You're you're pointing out the obvious. I, yeah, just just listen, just listen. I miss that. So, anyways, it was it, once the movie started. It was great to disengage, and just engage with the entertainment from the movie, and and come out of it like, wow. I just sat there for two hours and was just simply entertained, <laughs> and didn't think about work, and. Didn't think about the other things that I needed to accomplish. I just, so it is truly amazing what can change and how you can be reprogrammed over that, that period of time. That, it's true, um, <clears throat> but I also think you're highlighting a, a personal challenge there in relation to always being here, always multitasking. True. We do appreciate when you drive down to the Capitol and you multitask <laughs> down there. I because sometimes multitasking here means more jobs for Jonah, more jobs for me, more things to clean up. So More ideas. More ideas. More things happen. Yeah. So I don't know that all of us, you know, uh, found ourselves in that uh, position, right? but I do appreciate you sharing. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, That's where you found yourself. I, I just thought it was interesting. And I won't go into the doctor's office thing the other day, but let's just leave it as, you know, time, people are getting back to normal. 
but not sure. all people. Well, no. And so I'm waiting at the the doctor's office to get some shots in my spine this week, and some folks walk in, and um, they're the the only couple people wearing a mask in there, and sure. they sit down and immediately start. On the, I guess we're just throwing caution to the wind. We can't even, everybody's just sitting in chairs. And thankfully, right about that time, the nurse came out and called my name. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> thank you. And I got whisked away to the back and didn't have to engage. Sure. Because they were sitting right next to me. And I'm like, I don't want to engage in this. Well, it's always fun when someone talks, uh, not necessarily to you, right. but expecting you to be listening. Well, and they were speaking loud enough that they were trying sure. to make a point for other people. Uh, and and I won't – well, we'll just skip what I was thinking. Um, Wise. Yeah, I know. So a couple things. One, okay. uh, good feedback with Chief Davis here recently when Jonah was throwing stuff at us. He should be back again. I didn't and notice the number of views. And, that was uh, – Brad, you'll be back. Brad will be back because that was a recommendation and Brad will loosen up and we'll have more fun. Sure. And I just kind of like the surprise element of it for us because Jonah's the one who picked mm. all, every scenario yes. and just showed it to us and said, okay, go. There you go. Um, so, and I think there's other funny ones out there that you can look at. And you could start doing personnel problems as part of it as well. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah, we could throw some of those out there, Jonah. Jonah. First, what do you do with this? Don't find anything that offends, though. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we, could, we could use that. There you go. Uh, but, you know, there's a, a – it wasn't a video. It actually happened where I'm from in St. Charles. And where I'm from, from in St. Charles, Missouri is different than in Prescott. In Prescott, we have a lot of cows – and horses. And so if there was an incident on a highway and there was a truckload of cows and the cows were not injured, but they were just kind of roaming on the highway, mm -hmm. um, our folks would get out and not me, but other people familiar with cows would sure. know what to do to get them where they need to go. When that happens in a place like St. Charles, where you don't have that, you have a bunch of firefighters and police officers out there <laughs> with cows running amok. <laughs> and, you know, they just... Don't always know. Well, speaking of cows, um, I actually started my career, and we'll leave his name nameless, but uh, an individual from our department at that time, mm -hmm. 20 years ago, um, hit a cow on his bike and got injured and uh, went off. He, he, he came back, fully recovered. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah. Bicycle? He, bicycle, yep. Hit a cow on the bicycle. Uh, I think he broke his arm at the time. And so Dennis Brown got promoted to his position or, you know, at that station. Right. And then I got promoted to a day's position. So, yes, cows are very much a uh, a part of this organization, my career, yes. and uh, certainly the highway. They're a staple. Yes. Yeah. Uh, at dinner as well. Yes, I love cows. I like cows. Cows are good. Um, so trending challenges in the fire service. It's one of the things that I wanted to talk about today and specifically – uh, hiring and, and getting people to work and come into work because we're, we're definitely seeing some challenges. And sure. I think some of that is an offshoot of COVID people reprioritizing oh, yeah. after two years of pandemic. Um, I'm not sure this is the band that you all listen to, but they're called five finger death punch and their latest album is, uh, entitled afterlife. And I read a little bit about what the albums about mm -hmm. why the name and they said well it's it's pre-pandemic and 
they said it's almost like people are have come to a realization that there's more important things in their lives than getting up and going to work every day. And so they're trying to reprioritize, but now there's an imbalance. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I think, I think we see that today. And, and I want to, I also want to say in emergency services, I think our folks are just tired. Sure. No, I think there's a a lot of factors that go into it. Like I say, and I think some of the challenges, just even our own staffing, we, uh, you know, folks come in, come out, we try to, you know, plan for those staffing challenges, but Mm -hmm. You look at how long it takes to hire, train, and get somebody on an engine. It, it takes quite a while. We can't just, you know, put out an advertisement and hire somebody. No. We really got to try to, you know, plan it ahead of time. And we have highs and lows where sometimes we're down personnel. Injuries. You look at the injuries and all that kind right. of stuff. I think that goes a lot to some of the fatigue that we see uh, when folks are being mandatorily held. Right. Um, which is something we, we don't want to do. We try sure. to avoid that. but. Um, unfortunately there are times when we are forced to do that because again, we can't shut down. We can't put a sign on a station and say, you know what, we're, you know, no help today. Uh, right. It's not like a restaurant that we have to be responding and, uh, that's just creates some of those staffing challenges. Right. I think, like I say, that, that creates some of that fatigue tie into that. We are seeing a challenge in hiring and right. I'll go back. You look at, um, when I got hired. Uh, I was taking my degree for fire science mm-hmm. at Yavapai College. And when I first started after high school, um, I could sign up the day before the class, you know, started. And being that I'm an expert procrastinator, absolutely, uh, I, uh, I usually did that. I would uh, come in the day before like, oh, I actually want to go to that class. Like, mm-hmm. Good job, bud. Here you go. You can go in. And uh, after 9-11, I was still – in my process for my degree, but uh, it was interesting after 9-11, those classes filled up immediately afterwards. Right. You know, immediately after they were released, I could barely get in. I, I did my yeah. normal procedure, sign up right before the class started, and they're like, but this class was full a month ago when we opened the class. Like, right. are you kidding me? <laughs> what changed? Well, I think there's, there was a huge dynamic and you know, an influx into the fire service, the military, which was awesome. It was needed. Mm-hmm. We are, I think, uh, kind of declining in terms of interest in public yes. service, the interest in the fire service, the interest in probably even the military. I don't know what those numbers are, um, but I, I guarantee they're seeing the same thing that we are. And, and it is becoming more of a challenge. I, I spoke or I was at an event over the weekend and, uh, you know, somebody talked about the Phoenix Police Department and they typically have 40 people going through a recruit academy. Yeah. And what I was told was the, the last academy, they had four. So wow. it 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 seems that after 9-11, you had this sense of pride in service, mm-hmm. right? This patriotism. If you sure. didn't want to go in the military, you wanted to go into law enforcement. You wanted to go into fire and sure. EMS. You wanted to serve your community. And for quite some time, we had people lined up to get into programs yep. or uh, to put in applications for positions. We didn't have to do any work for it. No. No. And I mean, when I went to EMT and paramedic school is because, okay, I need a career. Sure. This is something that I need to do. And so, and I, I worked really hard to get through there and come up with the money to pay my way. Um, and today we're actually looking at programs where, okay, well, how do we give students scholarships to convince them to yeah. become EMTs? <laughs> where you're trying to convince people like, no, you, you really can do this. Yeah. It, it is good. You, and you, truly it is. You, you can do this job. This is a great profession, yeah. and that's what we're trying to 
get across to people is that mm-hmm. it is a great profession. But we're we're seeing people that leaving and and not because of anything and not just our organization, but saying, you know what, there's something more out there for me. Yeah. I I I've done five years in the fire service. I think I want to go travel Europe. Sure. And we've just never experienced that yeah. before at this level in the fire service. And the question for us as people who are charged with managing this organization, our personnel, what, what are we looking at? What are we going to have to do for recruitment and retention? And I was talking to chief Dura with Prescott last night. And someone said, chief, when you hire 12 for a new station, 12 personnel, is that enough? Where does that number come from? And he said, you know, I almost think that that might be 1980s, 1990s thinking anymore that, okay, we're filling out four per shift, but if nobody's going to work the overtime Mm -hmm. or we need to have constant staffing somewhere, do we need to hire 14 people instead of 12 just to fill the ranks? And great. Now we know the number. Hey, maybe we should do 14. He's, he needs to hire nine and he had 12 people to interview. Yeah. Where, where's the numbers? And it's not sure. just about larger numbers. You want good people. Uh, the quality. Yeah, absolutely. But statistically, the lower numbers, the fewer sure. quality applicants. And so how do we drive that? And, and we bantered back and forth because, you know, CAFMA has gone the route of we're not doing, we're not mandating firefighter one and two anymore. Sure. And so, that's going to change the dynamic. Yeah. They're already using the national test bank, whatever okay. network that is. Yep. Um, and I said, well, as we move towards hiring, and, and we'll talk about that in a moment, we're not going to have the firefighter one and two. So it'll be interesting to see if our numbers are any better than Prescott's numbers because sure. we don't have the firefighter one. It'll be a, a good comparison. No doubt. Yeah. Like I say, it'll be interesting to see how many of those uh, – you know, in the uh, the application pool, mm-hmm. don't have it. And I know it was interesting. I was talking with Dustin and Eric and uh, went and sat down in their uh, office yesterday and said, well, we may, be, uh, we may be doing an academy sooner than, you know, originally I discussed right. with them. And uh, so I, you know, kind of highlighted very gently, like, what about the fall? What do you think about that? And uh, they're obviously very willing to do whatever, but 15 weeks is very difficult. Yeah. So Dustin said, well, if you can put me on the interview panel, that would be great because then I'll just weed out everybody that doesn't have the firefighter one and two and we're back to normal. Yeah. Like, oh, good job. Yeah. Good thinking. Not happening, Dustin. But it's a <laughs> good try. Yeah. Good, good idea. But uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, in, in that uh, pool, do we get a larger number? And at the end of it, for that hiring group, obviously mm-hmm. somebody that's gone through the one and two has an interest. But at the same time, if we can gather people into the application pool that just haven't gotten there yet yeah. and haven't, you know, made that commitment to, you know, go and do it, maybe that'll just help us with the overall numbers and helping hiring, you know, quality sure. candidates. Well, and the the difficult there's there's a couple of difficult parts of this that people need to understand one we put in for a safer grant to hire five brand new positions they're not to backfill sure. it's to bolster the numbers in the organization because again for years the fire service hired the very minimum number that we needed and that that created problems with us and now we don't have mm-hmm. the backfill that we need so we we were going to wait until we heard about the safer grant and sure. historically when we've receive safer grants it's usually second or third round which means january february 2023 we've had a couple of 
firefighter resignations that we didn't expect mm-hmm. um, this week and for a, a couple of different reasons. Sure. Um, but that drives up, drives us up, that number up from the, the number of shortage you, ha- you had sure. oh, to, yeah. okay, well, we had those two. We have somebody leaving the drop early. We have this. Yep. Um, good news. We're, we have a great partnership with the YRMC, so community paramedics going to continue. Yeah. But that means we have to bring somebody in to fill a spot. Yep. Um, well, all of a sudden, we're already having trouble backfill. Being down five or six additional positions is yeah a challenge. And it was interesting. I was talking with Brad actually uh, just the other day, and it was almost like we were just feeling like we could take a breath. We had a plan on how we were going mm-hmm. to bolster staffing and all that kind of stuff. And situations change. You yeah. know, environment changes. Like, just when you think you're going to take a breath, we got to respond and, you know, deal with the reality of yeah. what we're dealing with. And uh, so we'll, we'll make the adjustment to the plan and move forward. But like I say, part of it is uh, figuring out how do we get the folks here. And some of that is right. advertising. Some of it is changing the way we do business. Right. How we do an academy. And will that help us? And it's an experiment. We're, we're going to see. Yeah. Um, one of the things we are going to do this time, because we've, we uh, quite honestly, as an organization, we've fallen short in our recruiting efforts every time we've done a recruiting effort. And that's a challenge. And one of the things that I didn't realize last time, somebody said, I can type in firefighter hiring and Kaufman doesn't even come up. And that's when I took that to Jonah and I, I, he, he came to me and he's like, hey, it's because you didn't get me involved on the front end. <laughs> we we can optimize the search engine. And, sure. and, and I'm like, I didn't even know that was a thing. What does that mean? Yeah, I don't. Jonah knows. There, and, I, and I did something recently that will make it even better, but I'm not going to talk about it right now. Okay. Perfect. So Jonah's done some cool stuff behind some the scenes. wizardry. It's magic. Um, but when I talked to you um, this week about, okay, if we're going to do a process, because what's, what this means now is – if we do a process earlier, sure. that means we have to run a 15-week academy now, finish it by the end of the year, and this is time-consuming. It's it's almost the end of June. If we want to have a 15-week academy done by the end of the year, six months seems like a long time, yeah. and it is if you're hiring an HR manager. Sure. It's not if you're hiring new firefighters sure. and have to yeah. put them through an academy, but that means we're going to have to run almost two academies back-to-back if we're successful with the SAFER grant. Sure. The other challenge that goes along with it is uh, just getting equipment, right? Turnouts um, and other equipment that are necessary for the firefighters. That time frame uh, is getting longer and longer. And right. uh, obviously, everybody likes to use COVID as the reason or uh, maybe the invasion of Ukraine. But uh, it, it, it's a challenge that we are faced with right. you know, in getting equipment so those folks can start an academy and do 15 weeks in an academy and right. have the protective equipment that they need to do the training. It, that is de- supply chain issues are definitely a problem with trying to yeah. get people up and running in the field. Um, so logistically, that's going to be a challenge. Yeah. But one of the things I said, I told you and I told Chief Tharp yesterday, I said, as soon as we decide there's a go, when you tell me, sure. yes, we have to do this, then we're going to get a meeting together with all of the players. We're, you're going to be there. Training's going to be there. Jonah's going to be there. Kathy, who handles our social media, is going to be there. HR is going to be there. Um, everybody's going to be in a room. And we're going to talk about – I'm going to get Sean Jones with the union there because yeah. he has some ideas on different places that we can post. Um, 
And when we come out of there, we're going to have a plan of what we're doing this time, but it's also going to create a checklist for the future so that we know, hey, we've got a recruitment coming up. We need to have a preliminary meeting. These are all the players that need to be involved in that meeting. And here's how we're going to go about putting this out. You mean we're going to make a plan? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're going to have a plan. Awesome. We're going to follow through on the plan. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back a little bit. Normally you ask all the, the controversial questions or, right. you know, poke poke at me and, and go down a rabbit hole that, we I mean, only the tens of viewers uh, right. get to watch. But um, I want to go back real quick on the idea of even the challenge of getting folks into the fire mm-hmm. service, uh, not just, you know, retention. Right. You would, you would talk about Phoenix PD. Right. Um, and I think – I guess my question, do you think the environment that we're in, the social pressures on public service, right. main, a lot, mainly the police department, right. um, but it does bleed over. Do you think that's affecting our ability to get people to apply, people's interest in the job? I, I think it does have an impact in any public service. Um, you know, I, I heard this morning that, that Phoenix has, like, significantly increased their pay for police officers to attract them. What people have to understand is it's not just the pay, it's the environment. Oh, yeah. And you're not going to go into a toxic culture of non-support for law enforcement just because they're waving a check in front of you. Sure. That's that's not what's going to keep people in the job, Not at least not people that you want there. Yeah. Um, so I think there's an, uh, a lack of commitment to public service in general mm-hmm. because they've seen public service get kicked so much and, and things taken sure. out on whether it's law enforcement or, I mean, it, it used to be that the fire service was somewhat insulated because people liked this. Yep. But what we saw from the riots of a couple of years ago was that people were shooting at the fire engines oh, yeah. and the firefighters yeah. who were simply trying to extinguish sure. the fires in people's businesses, their livelihoods. Yeah. And and somehow that was that behavior was accepted by a certain segment of political beings. Sure. Why do you want to work in that environment? Yeah. No, I think that's a hundred percent. It was interesting. Dustin and I um, had lunch yesterday and afterwards I was talking, we were talking about kids and mm-hmm. Carson, my oldest uh, has been doing, you know, this summer he's 16, got his, got a job and uh, he's doing HVAC with his, with my brother-in-law. And uh, it's fun because you get to see the enjoyment, the enjoyment right. of little independence, uh, the enjoyment of a, a paycheck that comes in. And you can see the pride that he had in doing a job. Right. And he even went and got bought some tools to go along with what he saw was expected from mm-hmm. him in the job. And I remember when I started, you know, I started working construction at a young age and uh, I enjoyed working. I enjoyed right. building. I enjoyed at the end of the day being able to look at whatever it was, you know, a fence that we'd built, a, a barn that we built mm-hmm. or a, a steel roof that we'd put on and be, get at the end of the day like, no, that looks good. Right. That was a good job. And it was a job well done. And, so, you know, everybody coming alongside, like, oh, that looks good. Every now and then, like, well, you did a bad job there. Like, oh, right. all right, I'll fix that. Yeah, we can but fix it. But there was pride in mm-hmm. work. And I think that's what I took out of it. And I took in, in the fire service is work hard. And I'm proud of the work that we do here. Right. But if you never get to uh, experience that pride in the work you're doing, like I said, it doesn't matter how much you're paid, mm-hmm. that job satisfaction uh, is difficult. Because truly, if you work hard and you produce something, mm-hmm. 
that uh, affirmation is self-affirming at that point because you're doing a job. Right. And you can look at, and I, I know I did that. Even if it's not building something and creating mm-hmm. something, it's being a part of something, being a part of this agency and responding to calls. Like, man, we did a good job on that call. Right. May not have saved that life, but we did a good job. The, the scene went well. We, we gave them every opportunity. Every opportunity to, to do that. So it, it just, it's the, the ability to do a good job and... It's tough when the environment from the outside is mm-hmm. saying, no, 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 you're doing a horrible job. Yeah. And well, culturally as a society, and we saw it and we joked about it when the, everybody gets a trophy, right? And that sure. has truly become a problem. And I heard uh, somebody said this the other day, I can't remember where it was, but they said, we used to have helicopter parents, you know, hovering over. Yeah. And, and now we have lawnmower parents that just move every obstacle out of the way for their kids. So they're never sure. challenged. Well, the problem with that is... If you're never challenged, then when you go into the work environment, you're simply expecting everything to go well. And that's not real life. No. Real life is challenge. Real life is hard work. Real life is achieving something and looking back and saying, wow, that was difficult, but I did a good job in the end. Yeah. And I think real life is winning and losing. Right. And I was reading an article the other day, and uh, it was talking about resiliency related to – uh, kids who've grown mm-hmm. up playing sports. And I, I can see it even in my own kids, uh, just playing sports and playing baseball. They uh, they win and lose. Mm-hmm. And you sometimes you get up to a plate and you strike out. There's a failure at the plate. And you, right. you, you have to walk back with your head down to the dugout like, man, I'll hopefully get it next time. And that's as coaches, that's what we're trying to, even as a parent, you're trying to encourage. Like, right. no, 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 get the next one. Or go out there and get it in the field. Yeah. Yes, you had a you had a little heartache right there because you struck out or whatever happened, but uh, go get the next one. Yeah. And you see that resiliency from winning and losing, winning humbly and losing graciously. We tell the boys that all the time when we go out there and coach on them. This is what we expect from you, and the resiliency that you're building here will pay dividends when you grow up. Right. Well, and and I again cultural shifts and and when we talk about sports, you see. The way that you coach, uh, which is very respectful. Hey, you know what? You're going to lose sometimes. Sure. But then in in other sports or other areas, you have parents in the stands who come out and get in the face of teenage umpires or coaches or no, let your kid fail. Yes. Oh, yeah. Let them make – you can't pick them up all the time. Um, and, and dust them off. You can provide that support. Hey, you know what? You're right. You, you did, you missed the mark. Um, and that's part of being in this career field is that you have to be a responsible person here. Yeah. You are going to make mistakes. You're going to fail, but oh, you yeah. have to pick yourself back up. Yeah. Not every scene is going to go the, the way that no. you want. You're not going to save every house in a structure fire. Not every promotional opportunity no. is going to go the way you want it also. And you're going to have somebody that may tell you, no, not yet. The time and, is not right. And that's exactly what we do in this organization. Sure. And some people choose to take that. And and grow with it. Yeah. And some have not, and they're no longer with the organization. Sure. But that's simply reality. You don't get everything that, that you want. But people are seeking more of a work-life balance, and I get that. I mean, we yeah. joked about Top Gun, and, and you said, mm, you have a deeper issue here. And you're not wrong. <laughs> I, you're not arguing with you. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yes. I mean, it's, it's a constant focus sure. on – work. And the only time I get away from that is if I'm in the shop working on yeah. a, a project in there. Outside of that, my my focus is always what's sure. what's going on with work. What do we need to do? And 
that's that's yeah. why I go out to the shop. But that also drives productivity here within the organization. Yeah. So, like I say, we can joke about it, but it also there's motivation that goes along with it. Well, it is still finding that balance. Yeah. I mean, I, I think in the review I wrote uh, a couple weeks ago, it was talked about time, right? right? And that margin. And I think there's a yeah, responsibility to find that time and find that work-life balance. Yeah. Because uh, that creates, I think, a more sustainable long-term success versus, right. you know, project by project where you end up getting burnt out by the end of it. Well, and, and part of my job as the fire chief here is to create some discomfort. Sure. Um, and, and pushing to move forward. Some. I, some. Yeah, some. It, Do you want to make sure that's correct on the <laughs> captions, please? Some discomfort. Some discomfort. Some discomfort. Um, it, at the same time, providing support so we can get things done. Yes. And, you know, that's one of the challenges that we have today is – funding for fire districts because we see you and i can see we need more people uh, on the engines we need them in the field we need another 24-hour engine today but because of the way that we're funded under a regressive tax structure it's going to take four years Mm -hmm. of incremental tax increases and hiring incrementally to get the one 24-hour engine based on today's data data four years from now is going to say hey guess what now you're behind two or three. And if you look at what we've, uh, the last four years mm-hmm. and, the, and the increase in call volume, like you say, we were absolutely going to be behind. Oh, it's just yeah. The nature of it at this point. And then at the same time, we have internally, not, not just on the ops side in the field, but as that grows, so do the responsibilities sure. for our, the non-op side of the house. Yep. And we're a system. If one side's not working, the other side's not working. Sure. Um, so with Jonah, he is tasked with, uh, dealing with the podcast, which takes away from his primary role as uh, the tech services manager, which has a significant workload. Sure. Um, Kathy is doing all of the social media and multitasking these other things. Michael Freeman. I mean, we could go on down sure. the list. The fact of the matter is that we, the whole agency needs to grow. We need to be able to fund positions so that Jonah can focus on his primary role not have to deal with this. We need to fund positions so <laughs> so Kathy can focus on whatever role hers is sure. and somebody else is dealing with these because we're, we're also falling short just in, in public education, sure. quite honestly. Yeah. Um, we have a, a significant number of new assisted living homes coming into the area, um, a significant increase in population of retirees, yeah. yet we have no educational programs for elderly fire safety, uh, elderly slip, trip, and fall prevention. Sure. And those are things that we are responsible for. Yeah. But because of the workload and the lack of funding, we don't have the time or the people to sure. focus. And like I say, it's not just throwing people. Um, it's throwing people at projects. Yeah. And as we grow, uh, those projects expand and those responsibilities expand. And it's finding that balance. Right. No different than you know, non-operations and operations. It's finding that balance with uh, the jobs that are being done. No different than you look at uh, trying to – help alleviate the workload of the hydrants, mm-hmm. you know, on the engines as the call volume increases, it's trying to, you know, build incrementally, right. which is very difficult with the tax structure that we have. Um, we are with, in comparison to the growth of the community. Sure. If you, com- you compare the, what we're doing funding wise versus the community, we are going to be behind and, and, and maintain that, uh, that being behind. Right. If we can't, you know, get some kind of uh, assistance with it. And we've really been struggling right now on the operations side with staffing, not just the engines, but it's wildland time yep. of year. Yep. And, and 
let's face it, year round is wildland time of year, but there are times where it's more severe and that would be now. So we're trying to staff severity when we need and severity is putting up a brush unit or putting up a a water tender, something staffing those additional piece of equipment. But we also still have the transport ambulance challenges, which means, okay, now we're trying to staff up a a rescue, calling people in on that. And we have people injured on the engine. So we have to backfill for those positions and, it's a challenge. Yeah. And I think it goes back to the the fatigue, yeah. you know, felt in those positions. So, you know, trending in the fire services, we need to change our hiring. Yeah. Uh, and and cha- by change, I mean, hey, our model of 12, like Chief Dura said yesterday, may not be 12, Correct. may actually be 14 based on the workload that we have. Um, we have to change the way that we we promote Mm-hmm. this profession because we really yep. need to promote it as yep. a profession and the opportunities that it, it brings with it. Yep. Um, because I think that's the other part of it is as we've become busier, we are spending less time in the schools. We're spending less time with yep. people getting to know us and about the career. Yep. And so we need to, we need to figure that out and we're working on that uh, sure. with potential cadet program modeled after Chandler fire department. Yeah. Um, Again, now we're asking people in the field to double up and take on a sure. program that oh, really yeah. requires somebody focused on it in, in the training division. But that means we need another person in training, yeah. which we don't have. Nope. Um, so uh, there are a number of things that that we need to consider. It's getting people interested in the career field. It's bolstering the numbers within our ranks because we're burning our people out too quickly. Yep. And, and we need to be mindful of that. But that requires more more folks and we need to do something about the regressive tax structure that we're funded under. Um, I didn't realize there's, there's, I knew there were about 144, 145 fire districts in the state. Take a guess how many municipal departments there are municipal fire departments. No idea. 35. Yeah. (laughs) So a majority of the state, now your most populated areas. Yeah. They make up the largest. Right. But the majority of the state, if you're traveling through the state of Arizona, you're traveling on highways, covered quote unquote yeah. by a fire district who's completely underfunded mm-hmm. who may or may not be able to respond yeah. because solely relying on property tax is regressive especially under prop 117 yeah. so uh, there's some talks at the state level right now some things going on potentially a ballot referral for one tenth of a cent sales tax statewide to sure. fund fire districts we can't come out and say that we are in support of that but sure. what we can say is diversifying your revenue portfolio is generally a better business decision, whether you're government or your private sector. And our only revenue source right now is that property tax. And so what, what a lot of people don't realize is, so we've talked about somebody from Phoenix gets injured in our area. um, They've shopped here whatever, but because they paid sales tax, they don't own property. So only property owners pay the, the property tax, they're paying for the service. Think of how many rental properties and um, sure. and folks we have in the area, rental homes, rental apartments, those folks aren't actually paying property tax. They pay sales tax. Mm-hmm. So we have a number of residents, full-time residents who are renters, but because they don't pay property tax, they're not actually paying for the services. Now, some sure. would say, well, we pay for it through the rent that we pay to the property owner who passes us on. And yeah, there's a component of that. Um, 
But quite frankly, there's a lot of people who use our services that don't own property here and therefore they're not paying anything towards it. Sure. Um, and it's just something that we need to think about. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's challenges, John, and, and we're always going to face challenges. But I think that if we recognize them up front, sure. then we can start he- making plans to head those off. The other one is culture in the organization. You can see where people can't afford to live here. Yes. All of our, most of the folks that work here now grew up here or are in some way long-term connected to the community. Mm -hmm. Over 10 years, as we hire more people who aren't originally from this area and then don't have residents here because it's too expensive, there's going to be a cultural change. Sure. How do we manage that to maintain a culture that still has that commitment to the community, is still healthy internally? Um it's a challenge we're going to have to figure out. I don't have an answer. No, I, nor do I. Um, but with that, Jonah, thank you so much for today. Uh, I know we didn't provide actual answers. We we talked a lot about challenges, yeah. uh, but that's only because we don't have the answers yet. <laughs> if we knew them, um, well, we wouldn't be doing this podcast. We'd, yeah, we'd, we'd be doing something much we'd bigger. We'd be independently wealthy. Correct. Um, but we're working on them sure. is what we can say. Uh, we need folks out there to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, to the podcast platforms. Um, it, it's very important. There's a lot of information that that we put out. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's irrelevant. Uh, just There's a lot of that. Yeah. And remember, we are hiring. So send it to someone who may uh, want a job. Absolutely. Come work for us. We're going to introduce you in the coming weeks to some more of our newer folks. Terrific. Um, we were scheming that today, who we were going to tag. Uh, it'll be fun. And then we just hired an HR manager uh, who is – Yes, moving here from California, but she was already moving here. So, <laughs> yep. um, and we're excited to get her on board yep. in July. Um, so we we welcome her to the Kafma family, and we'll certainly have her on when yeah, she's awesome. full time here. Um, but again, like and subscribe. Next week, Jonah have no idea what we're doing, but we're going to do something fun, and we definitely want to go back and do that with Brad Davis again, where you just throw stuff at us and see what we can do. All right. John, thanks for being here. Happy birthday again. Yeah, thanks. All right, until next week.